Okay, ready. Roll sound. Yeah, let me just get this. Arun Chaudhary, committee program All promo right. take one. And three, two, one. Fire. From the cane fields to the factories, wherever you go in Equatorial Fredonia, fire makes it good. It's the same with Cadre cigarettes. It's fire that give Cadres their no, toasted fine. flavor really? and bitter aroma. Cadre cigarettes and you on fire. Sponsors of the committee program. New episodes dropping Sunday evening starting February 13th and running through Bastille Day. Look, as we've discussed, it's going to be the same quality programming you know and love, but more of it. So we can find something you hate, maybe, because that's how you make them say no. That's how you negotiate. Everybody knows that. You make them say no. We have no negotiators on the left. That's part of the problem. But we do have a fantastic update today, uh, courtesy of the show's own deputy director, Julia Doubleday, from Barbara Sepulveda, one of the founding beings of the new Chile. And thank you for sticking around. We know you have many options for content consume, and we appreciate that you've picked the committee program. Here we go. This is the committee program with Arun Chaudhary, Julia Doubleday, Forrest Lovett, Fiam Mameli, Jivat Kastrati, and yours truly, Jacopo Castelletti. We now join the program already in progress. Hi, welcome back to the committee program. Uh, look, we always say we're going to follow up with people, and then we don't always. But this time, we actually, in the case of Chile, we have followed up thanks to Julia Doubleday, who is now back from South America. Julia, what's on tap? Uh, yeah, so we have Barbara Sepulveda joining us for a second time. As you all may remember, she is a delegate to the Constitutional Convention. Um, yeah. She's a constitutional lawyer and professor. Um, we're super happy to have you here. And of course, the thing on everybody's mind is that um, Chile has had the presidential runoff election. And why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened in your runoff? What happened since when? Since the elections? Yes. Well, Just no, in no. case somebody didn't get the news. Yeah. In case somebody didn't get the news. Yes, yes. You can deliver tell it. Tell us who won the election and how we should okay. feel about it. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, thank you to ha for having me um, again. Well, I'm very happy because um, Gabriel Boric won the elections and that makes us winners. And, and it's, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled about uh, with how, how many people voted for us. It's, it, it was crazy mm -hmm. because now Gabriel Boric, he's the first, uh, the youngest president in our history, but also he's the most voted since the democracy, um, since, you know, the dictatorship and so the democracy started again. So um, we're very proud of that. Uh, I think I think something happened. Um, we were, remember we were talking about, uh, Julia, how, um, it makes us very scared about uh, how the far right in Chile was growing and yeah. with this um, this hate speech and making a lot of uh, like this this campaign against communism against uh, leftists against feminism and so that speech didn't win and that's something I think we have to celebrate 
Um, Absolutely. So we are, yeah, we are very happy. Finally, um, we have a new president. That means also that Sebastián Piñera is he's just in, in his last month. Um, we we have um, we have the, the new government begins in March 11th. So okay. this that means that Sebastián Piñera has only like a month and, and a half to for his government, and he will be remembered as the worst president ever. And he violated human rights. He just aggravated all the, the bad uh, lives that we, we were living here um, about health, education, social security that we have none of that. So we think this is um, so, um, I don't know how to say that, but this, this, is, this means something that is huge for us, for Chileans. Um, we have the new constitution coming. We have this new government. We're going to be there four years. So it's huge. <laughs> yes, we're also excited for you. And I want to delve a little bit into the priorities of the new government, as well as what's going to happen with the constitutional convention. Before we do that, though, I just want to rehash a little bit more um, you know, what was on the line with this election and the opponent that Boric had. So when I was there for the first round of the election, um, Jose Antonio Cast, the far, far right wing candidate, um, actually placed first in the first round of the election, which was super um, surprising and also upsetting for a lot of people. So can you tell us a little bit about the context there? Like, who is this guy? And do you think that it's possible that him being first in that first round election, could that have been a motivating factor for why so many people came out to vote for Boric? Does he have that critical 20% like, you know, uh, kind of reach that keeps you relevant uh, when you're in opposition? Well, I think, well, he's, how you say it, is uh, the far, far right candidate. And um, well, cast is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, Sorry about my cats, you know. Cat, never be sorry about cats. cats on the That's we like the cat. Um, <laughs> Extraordinarily pro cat. <laughs> it's happening again. Well, the last, uh, he's um, well. He founded the Republican Party here in Chile. Um, he won the the first round um, because I we were talking about how. Um, Jose Antonio Cast represented this this very conservative sector of the Chilean right, and but the Chilean right is now is very divided. Um, they don't have uh, mm. clear leaderships that you can just say. Um, well, th there are two uh, different rights just uh, arguing with two different models of, of uh, politics and, and just to offer to our country. They're just like, um, they've been so wounded with um, the Sebastián Piñera's government that mm -hmm. I think that hit very hard on them. So they are very, very divided. In, in that scenario is that it's where... Jose Antonio Cast arrives with um, 
with a more strong leadership and, and authoritarian um, speeches. That, and he's trying to um, follow this manual that we, we talk about in, in the last program. We talk about how he follows these lines. Um, and you can see all these uh, kind of far-right leaderships just acting and performing these manuals, like uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil, like um, Trump, like well, Le Pen. Um, well, you name it. It's, it's happening in the world. So we were very worried about that. Um, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a feminist, I'm a communist, and in, we have here, we were threatened by them. He put in his, in his government program, he offered to eliminate um, every leftist, uh, radical leftist, and chase, it, chase us, um, in, mm. imprison us in this alliance that he was offering with international um, uh, governments and, and alliances that will um, chase communists, chase left radical leftists, chase uh, feminists, and that was very upsetting. Um, so we, we, we were very worried about ourselves, our families, but also the future of our country. And I think that, of course, it had an effect on, on the elections. When he won the first round, it, it, he won, but not, not for that much. But it was like a wake-up call for all of us. So you, you could see how the left and the center-left in Chile was very divided, very separated. Mm -hmm. We... All of us had uh, our candidates. Um, so when we saw this, um, I think that make us just talk more yeah. and agree more. And so we have this, um, it, it, was, it was a very hard hit. So we, we think that something like that happened, but along the parties, you know, that, that's something that hit parties. It's, it's not the sign that, that or, or the wake-up call that um, happened with the citizens. So we think what happened and why Boric wanted the second round. So with so many votes, like he's the most voted president ever. So we think that that happened because uh, for citizenship, um, caste doesn't represent this new era, this new country with uh, social um, rights, with um, with access to this minimum like um, life uh, life conditions that we need here in Chile, because we we were the neoliberal laboratory of the world, and that is that has cost us lives. So I think. Something happened that where Cast just continued to be this authoritarian leader, and Boric, on the other hand, he was this uh, hopeful leader, and he was mm -hmm. showing people that we need to be um, hopeful about the future. That he's gonna bring um, health, um, social security, uh, care for people, for children, for 
you know, the, the most um, excluded of our system. And he's, he's an ally for us, for feminists. And I think that that speech, it was the, the right way to go. And for me, sometimes it wasn't very um, um, comfortable to see how, like, um, maybe he, he wasn't, I don't, just let me put it this way. Um, <laughs> he's very charismatic and he's always talking about hope and, and joy and, and how the future needs, um, needs this like thoughts, this is positive, um, vibes to just like, um, walk together and we need dialogue. We need, uh, to, to join in this, uh, hopeful future. And that's very inspiring, but also for us, for for the Communist Party, for the Socialist Party, um, the threat of Jose Antonio Cast, um, it was hard for us to just like talk about hope when you can see our lives threatened all the time. So, right. so I think um, it was it was the right way to go because um, these are these are the results, but. Also, so for, it was hard to just like go and and talk about hope when you had the Jose Antonio yeah, past. constantly and, putting on that sort of happy yeah. face of the future. Yeah. Um, and well, now my happy face is for real. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you talk about these, you know, these this hope for this massive progressive uh, transformational change in the nation, and of course, expectations do like hit reality. And we know so much of the work that you're doing with the Constitution is where the mechanisms to make those that reality happen will come from. So, what is the landscape now before the Constitution gets finished, but while President Boric is trying to deliver on some of what he's promised, but without the full deck of cards, shall we say? Well, um, we, we began our second period. Um, we had one year to create a new constitution. Uh, so we had six months uh, already passed on 4th of January. So we now we elected another president and vice presidents of the, of the Constituent Assembly. Um, also, I was uh, uh, appointed as one of the VPs of the new headboard. Um, Congrats. That's excellent. Thank Not you. Surprising. That was yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah. So, so I think now we have, a, well, being Boris elected, it's um, a little different um, I hope it's gonna be different um, than what we had with Sebastián Piñera. With Sebastián Piñera, I was like a, an obstructionist all the time. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't give us all the resources that he could. Uh, he has a constitutional um, obligation to do this. It's, um, and he didn't mind. He just wanted us to fail. And that is noticeable. So. Now we're we're hoping that with this new government that begins in March, we're gonna have um, more guarantees to work. Is is that's mm. as simple as that? Um, we we don't we don't see the relationship with the government as uh, something that is gonna like intervene in our process of of debates in about constitutional norms. 
we just see that this is a guarantee to uh, for us to work till the end in in more um, in better conditions. In actually, uh, it's been very hard, very hard. So now um, we're we're hoping that this scenario it's it's going to be more um, it's going to be better for us to just work. Uh, with no worries about uh, the resources, about the relationship with the government, that all these tensions, they were continually just going and um, public uh, just talking uh, on media, just talking about, oh, this is so worrying. They're discussing this and that and, and just trying to intervene politically. And we are two different powers and we are the constituent power and they are, uh, they're, you know, the... Right. the now they represent something that maybe it's going to be in the past of our Republican history. So, um, well, I'm, I'm seeing with very good eyes that uh, what is happening and what that means for us in the Constituent Assembly. So what are um, some of the priorities uh, for Boric as he's taking office? What, what do you think mm -hmm. is going to be sort of like the first couple things that his government is focused on. First 100 days. First 100 days, yeah, that's parlance. what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first 100 days, we call it that. Um, so he has these uh, 53 um, things that they're gonna do in, in government. Um, in, the, in the first, we, we have uh, something we had to do here because probably we are all suffering the same. I, I mean, um, the economy and how that is, has affected the, the pandemic, how that uh, has affected our um, employment and especially for women. So one of the measures is um, creating 50,000 um, jobs for women. And that's going to be a, a measure that is, is very focused on us because uh, we have we have suffering the most um, um, mm -hmm. of the, um, you know, the economic hardships. Yeah, job loss. Yeah. yeah, and and for us and for us and for women here in Chile, it, it's been very hard to just um, go and, and find jobs again. And so they're gonna create this uh, fifty thousand jobs for women. Um, also. We are now uh, seeing something that what's happening here with social security that I'm always saying like we don't have we don't have a social security system. We just have you know um, and a pension. It's a private pension system, and um, mm -hmm. so now for older people here in Chile, it's, it's very hard to survive. Chile is a very expensive um, country, so they have uh, they have. Pensions that go um, for like half of the minimum wage, and mm -hmm. you cannot survive with that. So it's it's one of the measures. It's going to be like um, leveling up these pensions for all older people that now it's it's pensioned because that's like very urgent. And in the way that we are going, of course, in the constitution, um, trying to build a, a security system, a social security system. So th those are measures that I think it's 
they're very marked uh, with the um, with the pandemic effects. So that because that is something mm-hmm. that's urgent. But um, we have uh, 53 different measures that the government's gonna do. Not in the first hundred days, of course. And all the 53, but those are like the things that. Priorities. I think we have time for one more question uh, because we promised that we would let you go on the hour. Um, but I guess like, what are we, I mean, what, for, especially for our American audience who are, you know, we've had this constitution that we hold sacred in this, you know, fetishistic sort of horrible way. Like, what are some of the, like, what are some of the interesting sticky points that you all are debating and working on? And like, you know, as you are going through this difficult process of, consensus-oriented, like, democracy building, you know? Like, what is, can you just tell us, like, what are, what are some of the processes in motion in the Constitutional Assembly? Well, we have this um, noticeable tension between uh, progressive um, parties and movements that are represented in our Assembly, with the um, far-right and the center-right and conservative, um, just, it, those are, for uh, for the American audience, um, we have to explain that those are not very represent- representative sectors in our assembly because they're um, minorities now. Um, so I think they they're trying to create this um, the, this sense of um, with media, of course, along mm-hmm. their side yeah. um, that we are very like in a very hard tension uh in this progressive agenda um especially with feminist issues especially with abortion mm-hmm. and sexual and reproductive rights and and of course um how quotas and and parity it's it's gonna affect our democracy you know because they they have this liberal speech about so many things except feminist things. So um, it's more like we have a, um, the liberal sectors here are very liberal and economic issues, but not in um, social, not social, mm-hmm. not uh, women's rights uh, or uh, sexual diversity rights. So they're very conservative in, in those issues. So I think um, for us, it's going to be, um, well, very hard to just um, try to create um, this, this or, or trying to fight this um, agenda they have with the media. And, and it's the same agenda that that cast had with, um, mm-hmm. with the, uh, the presidential elections. They're gonna continue just uh, arguing that um, abortion is murder and that, um, you know, sexual and reproductive rights is, is not something that it's um, urgent or, or necessary. Um, so they have this, well, they have their agenda and they're trying to build this new constitution very likely to, to what we had or we have already here. Um, they don't believe in, in, in uh, like um, direct democracy uh, mechanisms. They don't believe in, in referendums they they think that uh we need to have this presidential like hyper presidential um system that we have here that it was built for pinochet 
you know, right. it was built right. for him because he thought that he was going to be the dictator and then he was going to be the president. So it was built for him. And um, now we're talking about different kind of, kinds of democracy with more participation and with uh, children voting, with, um, with mm. people discussing very important issues and having um, decisions to make uh, with their votes, but also participating in, in trying to create a more horizontal democracy. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a tough fight, I, I believe, there. Um, but just I, let me say this again. They are a minority, but they have the media. So I right. think our first challenge in this new uh, directive, um, with this new directive, is going to be communications. Yeah. Yeah. The narrative. Totally. Yeah, this to people. Yeah. Some of the um, debates are very, um, are very um, technic, um, um, technical, technical. So, yeah. so it's hard um, sometimes to follow up how how these um, debates are devolving. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I would say the, the thing we find, oh, sorry, it sounds like you're trying to land the plane, so I'll just say something really quick and then, then I'll throw it to you. But, you know, the thing, especially campaigning, that we do find, right, is that the promise of a better future always falls slightly short of losing the things you already have yeah. and that tying progress to the status quo, yeah. you know, it is just becomes a real challenge in communications. Yeah, and because it, it's their, um, their speeches are built on fear. So you have to be afraid of feminism, be afraid of communism. Um, they're trying to install here that Chile is going to become um, Venezuela, is going to become uh, China or Cuba or whatever. <clears throat> they always do that. They've been yeah. doing that. Before. They do that here. <laughs> yeah. 20 they do it everywhere. Yeah. So um, I think Chileans are not falling into that anymore. Um, it's it's hard. It's been hard, but but for most of the people, they're just tired of hearing those things and seeing that none of those things that they promised that it was going to happen and it's you know like all our economy is going to fall uh, with this decision with the other decision and that never happens. And also. The rich people here in, in Chile, um, that they don't pay taxes. This is like a heaven for them. So yeah. we know they're not going to leave the country, even, oh, yeah. even if we make them pay taxes. Yeah, they threaten us with that, too. That's why we need an international. There should be nowhere for them to go to not pay taxes. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the dream. Yeah, you know, they're, they're taxes, paradises and, and stuff, but. That happens yeah. um, here in Chile. We we need them to pay taxes. I know that the same happens in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right that um, you know people are afraid of change, but I think at this point, you know, we're seeing these radical left wing, but also radical right wing people um, rising to prominence and to power, and our media is really 
been repeating over and over again, I don't understand, like, why is extremism happening? Like, these two things are extremism. And I think ultimately, people are now becoming more afraid of the present than they are of change. I mean, the present is just getting so scary with climate change and the pandemic that at some point, as many papers as you sell that say things are pretty good right now, if people aren't experiencing that, at some point they they don't believe you anymore. So I think that's also part of the sort of collapse of trust in our institutions. And, um, you know, we're having this insane COVID surge right now, um, just absolutely bananas. And our, our media is very much carrying water for Biden and saying this is just how it has to be, even though this isn't happening in other places. Um, that's why I'm quarantined. I'm quarantined in my friend's house right now. I'm not in D.C. So it's, it's wild a mess. over here. <laughs> I'm quarantined um, as well. Yeah. Well, there you go. Very um, responsible. We have we have no rules here. They're just like, like we don't we don't have you don't have to be vaccinated to to fly and you don't have to have a test to fly. So everyone's (laughs) just getting on the plane. And we just had the holidays and um, like all of the flights are getting canceled because so many flight staff are getting covid And then we recently had this scandal. Sorry, we're going off topic a little bit here, but I just think that everyone in the world should know how crazy the U.S. is. We recently had the scandal where the CDC, our official, you know, Center for Disease Control, the CEO of a major airline went to the CDC and said, we can't fly our planes anymore because our whole staff is sick. And the CDC said, "Okay, we're going to change the rule. When you get sick, instead of quarantining for 10 days, you only have to quarantine for five days now. And you don't need a negative test to go back to work. In fact, don't even take the test. So just in order to keep the airlines running, our official government arm that is supposed to control disease changed the rule for the CEO of Delta. So everyone online is freaking out about this, but also making very funny memes about it, which is really the only thing we have at the end of the world. Left. It's all the funny memes. The only memes. thing we have left here. Um, yeah, it's the only thing we have left. So it's really crazy. I mean, like, I would not, I don't get on a plane in the U.S. That's all I advise people So to we do. turn to you and your new constitution for <laughs> our hope as yeah, well, yeah. because <laughs> we need new ways. Yeah, we, we need really new do. ways. We're struggling. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. I know we kept you a few minutes, a few minutes late. So um, thank you. And please, you know, I hope you can come back again and keep us posted on what happens with the with the Constitution, because we're so excited for you yeah. guys and to and to hear about the progress that's going to be happening over the next couple of years. Well, thank you for having me. Of course.